Hello and welcome to episode number 235 of the Super Horror Bros podcast. I'm your host Matt and joining me as always is my brother Mike. Hello. How's it going? Uh, pretty good man, pretty good. We uh, watched a movie this week that we were excited to watch, which is always yeah. nice. <laughs> I know, that is like... That's always the I'm intro always of these. Yeah, yeah. Of like, it's a movie this week that we had actually heard of. <laughs> it wasn't yeah. a case of two days before recording. Well, we got to find something to talk about. Um, nope, this was actually a new horror release with a release date, and that release date hit, and we have now seen Willy's Wonderland. Um, so we will get into all that good stuff shortly. Um, and also, um, we have a very nice giveaway to. Um, uh, announce on the show we do um so I'll, i will announce that uh, very shortly after we go through this week's news so stick around for that one um but so a lot of news this week um a lot mm. of very very interesting news that i'm curious to see your take on a lot of these <laughs> um so kicking things off um there's a lot of casting news lately um seemingly as you know kind of they're trying to get more productions up and running. You know, we're not getting to see anything. They're at least still making stuff, um, <laughs> which does give me hope. I just don't know in what capacity we're ever going to see half of these things. But anyway, um, this is big casting news um, mm. for The Last of Us TV series. Um, you know, this has been getting um, a lot of a lot of kind of heat rate recently. Um, mm. So many of these video game productions just get stuck in production hell for so long yeah um, that's what gets but, me so excited about these things because it gives it legs like even if this casting news wasn't exciting mm. which we'll come on to but like yeah and it know. seems like there's been a, a turn recently mm. in kind of hollywood and the way they've been viewing video game franchises you know because the uncharted stuff's going ahead and that's going to be by all accounts like a massive movie you know with mm. tom holland in it yeah um, and you know new resident evil coming out to the big screen and then obviously this this is kind of this is a very different thing. We've not seen, in you know, in my opinion, the greatest narrative told in video games in The Last mm. of Us 1, um, told via a TV show. And then you've got, obviously, the HBO behind it, um, who makes some of the biggest and most popular TV shows of all time. Um, so this has got a lot of clout behind it, and it's only gotten bigger now with these announcements. Um because we now know who is playing Joel and Ellie. Um, so mm -hmm. for people that don't know, they are our two lead characters. This The entire Last of Us story is based around these two characters. And um, we now know the actors that will be playing them. And it is a bit of a Game of Thrones reunion. Um, <laughs> because, yeah, these these both these actors are from that show, which makes sense with the HBO link. Um, yeah. Starting with Ellie, because that was the one that got announced first. Um, it's Game of Thrones' Bella Ramsey. Um, who I can't actually remember the name off the top of my head of a character, but she was oh, like she's young... like Mormon, something Mormon. <laughs> I love that we still get to bring up our great Game Lan of Thrones knowledge with Lano, the uh... <laughs> Liana or something. Literally, you, you can you can say a million names and I'll just. Oh, keep I should have just said it. Why didn't I say it more confidently? Mm -hmm. I feel um, like it's something like that. Sure, um, but yeah, she was obviously like the the kind of little girl who was like in charge of her own army, and yeah. Um, you know, she is going to be the lead. I've not seen her in anything other than Game of Thrones. No, um, nor have I. And, you know, as far as that goes, I can't really judge it because, you know, I've only seen Game of Thrones with her, her in. And for me personally, it wasn't a character I particularly cared for. It was a character who I thought when you first see the gimmick of, mm -hmm. oh, it's a little girl and she's not acting like a little girl and she's actually really kick-ass and she's in charge of this big army. I was like, oh, that's a cool, fun thing. And then to me, it never really, it was a very much a one-note character. Um, yeah. I'm sure Game of Thrones fans hate me for saying that, but that's just my opinion on it. Um, 
So I don't really have too much to say on this one. Um. <laughs> no, I'm the same. I think the only thing for me is that, like, we know that she can play this kind of badass sort of character, which is kind of, you know, it's Ellie's um, one side of Ellie. But I think that the thing with Ellie is that she is... Um, you know, more than that one dimension. And I think mm. kind of, I'm hoping that she can bring the heart and, and everything else that was, that was kind of brought, brought into it. Cause I think that's for me, like when we talk the last of us video game versus like the, the TV world now, you know, whether it's going to be film or TV, but now we know it's TV. I've, I couldn't, I could picture Joel as someone else, mm. but I could never picture someone else other than Ashley Johnson, Johnson as Ellie. And I still can't. Um, and I think that's going to be the biggest hurdle to get over because I just think Ashley's voice and, and soul kind of embedded and embodied that character and kind of just brought it to life in a way that I, I'm going to struggle to see someone else do. Um, and I think as well, because kind of Ashley in, in real life is kind of quite similar to that from what I've seen of her. You know, I, when I see Ashley, I still see Ellie. When I see Troy Baker, I don't I don't necessarily see Joel, if you know what I mean. Mm. Um and so I could, I could, you know, when they announced the kind of like the TV show, I was like, I would be more than happy if Ashley Johnson played Ellie. You know, <laughs> I wouldn't have been that with 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 Troy, unfortunately. Like, and and so yeah, I still, you know, now we now we know it's kind of um, uh, Bella Ramsey. Like, I'm kind of like looking at her, and I'm like, well, she's not exactly what I have pictured, and but you know, uh, I'm, I'm still buzzed because I think it's you know. She, she's super strong casting so she looks you know she's really great in game of thrones and i just hope that you know she can bring the other side to it i completely agree with that because the the main thing is ashley johnson's voice is ellie's voice she doesn't yeah. change her voice in the slightest yeah um whereas troy has done a million different characters in video games and his voice sounds nothing like joel um so i think yeah. that's easier to have that disconnect but yeah I, I don't know like it's it's cool i think it's interesting that i was reading about it and Maisie williams was attached to this project at a yeah point. and and i um, thought that sounded fantastic mm, it, mostly because... when this was going to be a film she was attached mm. to it at that point and then that didn't happen yeah um but, but yeah, bring on the big news yeah so we do have our joel to our ellie um which is i think it's funny first and foremost i think it's very it's a very <laughs> obvious cast and as much as i i love this man um but yeah it is the one and only pedro pascal um yeah quite possibly one of the hottest actors in the world right now yeah um and so i think getting him tied down to the show is huge for the show um you, you are genuinely getting like a, a massive massive star at this point and i was reading mm. about it where they were saying i believe in the deadline report where um it was kind of weird how they where they how they um worded it where they were saying with mandalorian he isn't this kind of tied down as a series lead you know even though he is the series lead um yeah. he it was weird the way they phrased it and i don't know if it's just because of the fact that he spends so much time you know well, i think under i think the, the problem armor. the problem is i think that's kind of the way that pedro has has kind of you know spoken about as well that you know he he is masked and is kind of mm. you know at times his performance is understated by a lot of people you know mm. i think kind of you know we we gave him nods for for the series finale of the mandalorian because he blew us away with with the you know parts he gets to to really act but a lot of the time he is just a voice behind a mask and that does mm. become and also because he is his bounty hunter he's very monotone and and everything else like he, you know that the role is a very you know in introvert role and i think kind of as a lead he's you know he he isn't like this traditional lead whereas you know at playing joel he he will be 
I'm really curious as well, like how, like I just assumed he was always on set in the costume and then they probably, you know, record the lines to make mm. them sound clearer. But I wonder how much of it is more, okay, you come in and do yeah, X amount of days on set and then you pick it up in the booth and then we have other stand-ins for you. Yeah. Obviously you have stand-ins for action sequences anyway. Um, but anyway, the way they worded it was very much like, no, Pedro has... Uh, uh, you know, a certain amount of time in his schedule. He's doing loads of different movies, but he he was ready to be a lead in a show, and mm. he had multiple offers for multiple different big shows that were starting, and this was the one that he chose. Um, yeah. so I think that's fascinating. But yeah, as far as when I said, you know, it's a very obvious role, like it is because it's the HBO thing first and foremost with Game of Thrones. Yeah. Um, but also he he's becoming one of the most typecast actors in the world right now, <laughs> where. His last four, maybe even five roles across TV and film have all been heavy father figures. Um, you know, not just he plays a dad, but like the literal description of the character is something to do with being a father. He's just, he's just very dad-like. He really, really is. Um, and this is exactly what Joel is for people who don't know. Like, mm. you, you tell me if I would have to describe him to people, like it's 100% a father figure. Yeah, if you, like if you I was going to say, yeah, if you use any sort of descriptors, if you just say three descriptors for Joel, one of them would be dad or father figure. Exactly. Um, but yeah, I think I don't, I guess kind of like I, you know, uh, Pedro had, has jumped on the scene for me with, with Mandalorian, much like most people. Um, as as an actor that that you know I, I care about massively and want to be in everything and he now is in everything which is great, um, but <laughs> yeah I think um, because I'd probably been thinking about Joel casting before then it was never really two that I'd put together in my mind um, and and when I saw the announcement mm. I just kind of gave like a fist pump because I was just like hell yeah like he's the guy that I want in everything <laughs> and I think he'll be fantastic as Joel so like I'm I'm just pumped for that announcement and I think as well it makes like you say he is one of if not the hottest talent in Hollywood right now so him being in the last of his TV show gives this thing legs it gives it like when Tom Holland got announced to Uncharted that was when I was like oh, okay this this is going to get made like I now know the last mm. of his TV show is going to get made um oh yeah and, this is and, and it's not just going to get made it's going to be massive mm. um so that's awesome yeah, it's really cool. Like you say, I'm glad that like a game that is getting the treatment that it deserves for that game. Yeah. I, I think for me, I, I am excited for this, and I, you know, especially with Pedro's involvement, I think definitely The Last of Us Part Two has kind of soured me on it, and I'm not right now looking for more Last of Us um, post two. And so I think it's difficult for me to be like, oh, okay, we're now getting another project this soon, um, and we're kind of going to assume it's going to be a pretty much straight retelling of the games. Um, and I love Joel. He's one of my favorite characters, but especially knowing where that character goes was something that I personally, you know, didn't enjoy in the video games. And I don't want to see that play out again on a TV show. Um, and again, that's very much in the distant mm. future. But I think that's why I'm not like sitting like if this would have happened this time last year, I would have been so goddamn hyped through the roof. I just, I just don't know where this goes because, mm. um, you know, retreading the original game would be awesome, but also like I've played it to death. But you know, I, I'd still be interested to see that. There is, but a it big pretty much time... is going to be that though. Right? I think it like, has to Jordan be. I think, it, I think it has to be. But then when you get beyond that, because you have to introduce the characters to a TV world and, uh, and a new audience, and the only way you do that is tell their origin story. Um, but then there is a lot of time that passes between The Last of Us One and The Last of Us Two. I don't know whether we get to The Last of Us 2 anytime remotely soon. Um, mm. And especially because for me as someone that really loved that game and, and 
was okay with the choices i'm you know I, not in the minority uh, majority in this or you know it was a very split kind of you know as as our opinions are game mm. and and very strong i think we're we're two of the less strong voices in this you know there yeah, are definitely. people that are very strong both ways and i think the negativity that was surrounding that game this tv show is going to want to stay away from mm. um so i i yeah i wonder if they'll ever get to that point to be honest yeah I, I i wonder as well because it is a good point but i i think for you know my betting is they will <laughs> and i think yeah. it'll probably be around season three is when we get to that sort of stuff but yeah Maybe. we shall we shall see on this one yeah um but uh yeah moving on but there's loads of really cool interesting news this next one's pretty cool um kind of a lot of talk with obviously godzilla and kong um recently mm-hmm. um and obviously adam wingard's return to directing um but his his another project has just now got announced um <laughs> And uh, yeah, this guy is continuing to work in existing franchises, which for me personally is disappointing, but we'll get to that. Um, but yeah, his next project, kind of post the Godzilla and Kong stuff, which of course he finished a very long time ago, um, is... So I'm going to go through this in chronological order. So initially it was reported on Deadline um, that both uh, Adam Wingard and his writing partner Simon Barrett are going to be co-writing with Adam directing a um, remake of Face Off. <laughs> um, the 1997 action movie starring John Travolta and Nick Cage. Um, all the Nick the Cage. Um, yeah, fantastic movie that I really want to rewatch. I've not seen it for God, at least. No, years. I've not seen it for years. Um, and uh, yeah, that was kind of what broke. And then very quickly we got an update. Um, actually via Adam's Instagram. Um, I didn't <laughs> even know he had Instagram because I know he famously quit Twitter. Um, mm. in the kind of wake of all the the negativity surrounding Death Note. Um, so it's cool that he does have some form of social media to get these messages out to the actual fans. Um, and he said, I would never reimagine or remake Face Off. It's a perfect <laughs> action movie. Simon Barrett and I are writing a direct sequel um, with smiley faces. Um, <laughs> then Deadline added to their story, um, got some clarity on Adam Wingard's plans for Face Off. He is approaching the film as a sequel to the original hit film as opposed to a remake. But I believe the leads will be recast um, is the added update. So a lot to unpack here. Um, it's reminded me a lot of Blair Witch. Yeah. <laughs> that was, you know, that was very much sold as a remake. Um, you then watch the movie and it wasn't a remake. It was a sequel. Um, and I think that was what they probably planned to do here. Something similar ish where it's a case of like, you know, you, you sell people the remake, but then the hardcore fans go in and they, and it's actually a sequel. I don't know. The, um, these guys, these guys, are, you know, they, they get muddled. yes um so but i think you know there was there was kind of a very much a a backlash kind of almost straight away where i was like you don't need to remake this film so i think that was why they were immediately getting ahead of it but yeah it's really murky like okay you're writing a sequel to a movie that's at this point 24 years old it's not gonna have nick cage and john travolta in it i I just don't know what this is at all no i Um, i I care equally as little about both unfortunately if i'm mm. being brutally honest i think yeah and i i really don't care about either because i think uh you know i really like the original movie but as adam put in his post like it was a really awesome action movie from 20 years ago i don't need that remade i you know i want an original action movie cool idea mm. because the thing that was so cool about that was the casting and everything else so like mm. you could have someone that's in something that's in the vein of that that you know um but but yeah and then a sequel i don't really care about i think like you know if they got two banging leads for this you know then then it then then it might get my attention you know 
Yeah. Give me, like, give me, I want the two scars guards. That's what I want. <laughs> that would be awesome. Um, That's what I want. You give me that you, and I'm back in. When you just said, like, I want an original kick-ass action movie, I was like, yeah, like, the guest, you know, like, this yeah. is what Adam was doing. And I think yeah. to, to pull it back, like, as someone, you know, we followed his career for, for so long now, mm. um, kind of pre-VHS and then seeing that blow up, seeing your mm. next, seeing the guest. Um, was there another original movie in there? I can't remember. I think, um, I think it might have been it then. But, but then obviously he transitioned into working within existing IPs. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously the Blair Witch stuff, the Death Note stuff. Now and it's, it's when he started to get, you know, frustrated in himself, it seemed like, in kind of, you know, yeah, uh, with to social me, media and everything else. I never saw Adam as a guy who should be working within existing IPs. Like, I thought him and Simon together were coming up with really cool original stuff within the genre. And, like, I remember saying it at Death Note uh, right off the back of the announcement for Godzilla and Kong, where I was like, it's awesome that he's making the biggest movie of his career by an absolute mile. And I'm sure that is in some ways a dream project to be working with these iconic characters. But at the same time, as a fan, I loved when he was working and doing the original stuff. And it seems like he's Mm -hmm. a guy who's just going to be constantly attached to other people's work and that really bums me out as someone who loved his original work you know yeah um so that was three of those you know and being instrumental in i think it was probably abc did you say abc's of death because obviously well, he was involved well, yeah. In, yeah but it was heavily involved in the background of that kind of as well yeah. and obviously vhs and you know like you say the guest you're next they're, they're all fantastic mm. and i think kind of you know, he was only on a trajectory of awesome original IP at that point. Mm-hmm. And I think kind of, you know, I, I, for one, you know, with time gone by, still really like that Blair Witch movie. Um, yeah, same. But, we did it at the time. We put it on top yeah. of <laughs> Oh, yeah. But what, I mean, yeah, that hasn't faded. Like, I've seen no, that movie yeah. multiple times and I think it's good. It was super scary in the cinema and it really didn't deserve the backlash. We, we liked Death Note as well um, for the record. I was going to say, yeah. And, and I really like Death Note. Like, this guy hasn't made a dud for me, but it's just, mm. yeah, I love his original ideas. And especially when I've heard him speak about horror, like, I, mm. I really think he could be a guy that could have given us some really fantastic original horror franchises your next is is very underrated mm. um and and yeah i i would i'd love to see him do more like that for sure and so this kind of got me thinking especially with these two guys and the kind of vhs involvement where we got the announcement last mm. june where they're doing a kind of reboot of the vhs franchise mm. obviously they had the free installments and you know pretty much back-to-back years and then we haven't heard about anything for a very long time um and so yeah it was vhs 94 got announced last year and um i reached out to a few of the people the kind of producers making the movie because i wanted an update because we've not heard anything for you know eight months or whatever and um brad miska who is kind of like one of the creators of vhs um did reach out to me and kind of pointed me towards an instagram post which had only just been posted that day um from timo Tajanto, who kind of he made what is widely regarded as the best segment in vhs2 i can't remember the name of it off the top of my head but it's the whole like antichrist cult bit of the movie right um, yeah I believe he's an Indonesian filmmaker who's got he's got it does some really good films as well that people really mm. enjoy in their feature films. Um, but yeah, he kind of posted a screenshot literally like the same day, um, which said VHS ninety four Chimera um, first draft second or uh, sorry tenth of Feb twenty twenty one. So right. you know because I was trying to get an update as to what is going on with this project, and so that yeah. kind of speaks volumes of like okay, this is clearly still in pre production. Um, yeah. You know, we got an announcement probably way too early. And also having now reread the announcement, it seemed like they were doing that to 
get hype and sort of Generate get the investment and, and get in the movie. Yeah. Um, because they were still looking at times for people to fill out some of the segments. I think they'd only announced three of the people involved. Um, so yeah, it's just a small update in case people care like me. This movie is like nowhere near close, but I'm still mm. very excited for it. I think with um, this though, I think this movie doesn't necessarily isn't necessarily as far away as it sounds because of no. the segmental kind of thing and the fact that they are these smaller chunks that you know, it's it's not unrealistic to think we could see this movie early next year. Um, oh, yeah, the production could you know, be, you know, like a two-week film yeah, schedule, yeah. a lot of these segments. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, but, yeah, moving on, because there's a couple more here. Um, mm-hmm. This one, not as interesting, definitely not as everything else we've talked about today. Um, kind of news on the new Paranormal Activity. Um, I just found this quite interesting, yeah. actually, because um, Christopher Landon is a guy who we've covered a lot of his mm. work. Obviously, Happy Death Day, Happy Death Day to You, and Freaky. Um, he kind of uh, wrote, uh, I think it was two, three, and four of the franchise, yeah. so heavily involved in the sequels. Um, and he also directed and wrote the Marked ones. Um, and then kind of that was what kind of what got him on Bloomhouse's radar. Mm. Then he went off and made his his awesome new movies. Um, but yeah, he's back to write this kind of new, I guess, reboot of the franchise. Mm. Um, okay. With William Eubank, who directed last year's Underwater, is on board to direct. Um, so this is them kind of put you know putting the pieces together of this movie that's apparently coming out next March. Um, clearly, you know, Paramount Activity is a very big IP, and so they want to get this out as soon as possible because it was a huge franchise mm. for so long. Um, but yeah, like it was a weird one for me seeing his name attached to it because I very much felt like he, he did his time and moved on. Um, yeah, I guess it's similar. ish. Yeah. It's similar ish with, um, Oh God, it's uh, Darren Lynn Bosman, obviously like yeah. returning to the Saw franchise. Um, I wonder if this is a passion project, if he just has such a love for the franchise or is it a case of like, listen, we need someone to write this. Please help us out. And listen, if that gets his next awesome movie funded, then that's fine by me. It um, depends, you know, you know, because as well, he, he clearly had a passion for the for the franchise. You know, mm. he, wrote, he wrote the screenplay for, for four of the, like, what was there, six or five? Is there five or six? Six, I believe. Yeah, but he, he wrote like four of them. Yeah, um, you know, and so he clearly, well, so. clearly has a passion for it, and I think mm. like if he has another idea for it, then that's cool because this mm. guy, you know, his writing credits are all very good in my opinion. Mm. Um, you know, I, I I really like two and Paranormal Activity two and three. I didn't go so far on the others, but you know, kind of love the Happy Death Day movies. He did. Um, uh, he he wrote Disturbia, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, that Shia LaBeouf yeah. film. I'm sure he wrote that, and he wrote oh. Viral, which we covered as well. All like, right, you know he's he's done a, he's done a lot, and I think mm. kind of you know I I can't I I don't know what other things he's done, but you know that's a hell of a lot of decent movies that he's written right there. So I think kind of you know I I would be you know I, pretty pretty into whatever he comes up with next. So you know Paranormal Activity could be good again, but I also did get very. Uh, you know, done mm. with it at the time. Yeah, like it's a franchise that at the time they had to put away because it was mm. so burnt out. But it was very much a case of there's a certain time and place where we can bring this back where it'll make a lot of money. For me right now, it feels way too soon. Yeah. <laughs> like I don't feel like, yeah, I'm completely with you. Where I'm not like, oh, yeah, chomping. Because like when Blair Witch came out, it was like, hell yeah, I want a new Blair Witch. Whereas at this point, I'm not like, hell yeah, I want a new Paramount TV. That's just not the case. Mm. Um, but yeah, we shall see on that one. Um, and then, yeah, kind of a couple more. There's a lot of news this week. Um, mm. 
So uh, this was a nice little update um, that was kind of forwarded to us on Twitter via cat. Um, I haven't really seen anyone covering this, but this is really cool, actually, where mm. um, the kind of Hellhouse LLC Twitter account um, tweeted, what happened at the town fair years before Hellhouse came to Abidon? Witnesses described uh, describe chaos as something came out of the corn maze. And it's a very short sort of 20 second clip. That, so I don't know about you. Like, is that from one of the movies? Like, I was very I confused. <laughs> Because I didn't it felt so. like it was out of the movies, but yeah, it was very much just like a, you know, mm. it's not set in Hell House, but it's set in that same vicinity. Um, and it was talking about this fair that came to the town, and then obviously crazy things started happening. And mm. it sounded like it was very much a prequel. I love, um, I love like a fucked up town fair, like fairground mm. thing, and let alone with what with what these guys have done with the Hell House franchise and how mm. freaky they've made this kind of haunted house attraction, like them doing their take on a full messed up fairground uh traveling fairground like i'm i'm all in definitely and so i think at the end of the clip it said the abaddon tapes um and yeah. that's it really there's we haven't got an announcement or anything and then kind of someone replied saying like is this on shutter right now because they added shutter mm-hmm. to me and they said like no it's currently in production so we're we're going to just assume here that this is a new feature film that's kind of sounds like a prequel set in the same world. Um, well, this is yeah. the thing though, like at the Abaddon tapes, and especially with like Shudder as a distribution, like this mm. could be like a TV uh, show. <laughs> yeah, like a TV show. It could be a fort. Like this could be the first segment of a TV show, or like mm. it could be a, it could be a, a whole host of things. But but yeah, I'd, I'd be down for this being a feature. To be honest with you. 100% like even with free movies you know relatively soon after each other I'm glad yeah, I'm not like them no and I'm glad it's moving slightly away from that but mm. it's still set within that universe because yeah everything they've done has been great you know like those movies are so cool um, definitely so yeah I'm definitely down for more of this one and also just like shout out to people who especially in the indie world like building a universe and staying consistent with that is so difficult yeah. you know we talk about the struggles just to make any independent movie is like an absolute miracle but mm. to make three of them all set consistently within the same canon that are all good is like really commendable Definitely. um and i don't think we've seen anything really like it since we started no. doing the podcast um and then yeah lastly just very this actually just came in just before we started recording which normally is the case of just after where we're slowly getting more information about what jordan peele's up to um <laughs> which is always very exciting um so yeah this is kind of our first casting news again deadline reporting this one um is that uh, Kiki Palmer will star in the movie, um, which at this point has no title, no plot description. <laughs> it's, we're assuming it's horror, but even that isn't confirmed. No. Um, but uh, yeah, so Kiki Palmer is kind of, she's been around for a very long time because I believe she was like a child actor, um, but she's not been in a huge amount of films, especially not in lead roles. Um, I've seen her in two TV shows. I believe you would have seen her in one um, because she was one of the leads in Scream Queens, um, a TV show which is uh, severely underrated, especially if you're a fan of American Horror Story. I highly recommend people check it out. Um, and she was awesome and it very very funny you know because it's a very comedy centric mm-hmm. show um and i think that's where she has a link as well that i believe she worked on the key and peel show um and also uh she was in unfortunately <laughs> which you would have seen the terrible yeah. uh third season of the scream tv series um yeah. which i've completely forgot she was in thankfully um because i'm trying to forget everything about that abomination of a tv show um but yeah, it's cool that we're starting to get news. Um, mm. It's kind of it's not the huge heavy hitter, of course. This isn't like a former Oscar winner being attached like last time with a big kind of announcement. Um, the only other very small update is that apparently Daniel Kaluuya is in talks for a role in the movie. Um, 
and also Jesse Plemons it was apparently in talks as well, but scheduling might be a, an issue with him. Um, so those are two obviously massive names. Big fans of both those actors. I would love to see Jesse Plemons in, in, in more genre stuff, um, especially like a Jordan Peele horror film. I think would be awesome. Well, I think that's the thing though. That's the announcement we need. We need mm. to know that it is a Jordan Peele horror film because yeah, think, that's I'm always nervous. I'm just always nervous until I get that nod because I want it so bad and I don't mm. want to just assume. Yeah, no, that's what, it is a good point. But yeah, I, I, I am pretty confident with Jordan mm. with how kind of front he is with that sort of stuff. Like, I think it will be. But um, yeah, hopefully, like it seems once this starts to happen, this is when you start to get more and more pieces. So mm. um, yeah, fingers crossed we'll get to hear more about this one. I'd love to just have like a title so we can actually just start referring to this movie or something. Um, yeah. But yeah, that's all the news this week, which is a lot. Mm. Um, yeah, we have a giveaway to announce. Um, we do. Which is very exciting indeed. Um, a lovely brand new Blu-ray giveaway. Um, and there is some really, really awesome stuff in this one. Um, yes. So first and foremost, um, we have to thank Sean, um, our American listener and fan of the show, who at this point I was going to refer to as the king of Blu-rays um, because this yeah, guy Yeah, I is. think that's fair. That's fair. That's <laughs> he fair. just has everything, right? Like, it's, if, if you just go like, oh, is there a film? Yeah, I've got it. <laughs> you know. Yeah, so, and probably twice. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and he wants to share the love. So he has sponsored this giveaway for us to get a bunch of lovely Blu-rays to you, the listeners, um, which is very, very kind. Real nice stuff. Oh, yeah, it's absolutely incredible. So kind of we'll, we'll be picking people from both the UK and the US. So specifically for the UK, um, we have a brand new copy of St. Maud to give away, um, which, of course, only just came out. It was, you know, our favorite British movie we've ever covered for the show. Mm -hmm. um, narrowly missed out on the number one spot last year. And we really hope people have seen it at this point. But if you haven't, mm -hmm. this is the perfect opportunity. Um, so that's for kind of for the UK. And then as far as US goes, because, of course, Sean is based in the US. So we have more options. Um, probably the best option out of all of them is a lovely, I believe it's from Screen Factory box set of all the record films. Um, mm. So all four together, which is, yeah, again. Yeah, I might just I might just try and enter to get my heart. Yeah. Back. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, like, again, that's a, that's a franchise that we reference all the time offhand, but I absolutely adore it. It was, it is up there yeah, for me. It's one, it's of, one of my all time favorite franchises. Like, just absolutely love it. Um, so this is great. And as far as US goes, there's, we also have like Creep Show 1 and 2 to give away. Um, I believe there was Carrie and Last House on the Left in there as well. So we have a lot of awesome Blu rays to give away. Um, so, all you have to do to enter this giveaway um, is leave us a review on your podcast service of choice, um, whatever that may be, um, screenshot it and then send it to us. Um, send it to us either on Twitter at SHB pod or email it to us. Um, Super Horror Bros podcast at gmail.com. Uh, both those links will be in the description of this podcast. Mm -hmm. um, and also just specify if you're UK or US based. So we know as well. Yeah. Um, and, and that's literally it. Um, so yeah, there'll be multiple winners chosen from this. And I will say like, I think you have a pretty good chance of winning something because there won't be a huge amount of people enter this. Um, and so that is a very, very good opportunity to get some awesome brand new Blu-rays for free, literally, yeah for free um so yeah this will close um on the 26th of feb so over a week after this episode um goes live um and i'll give people a final reminder uh, next week on next week's show just before it closes mm -hmm. um so yeah that that is pretty much it just a final reminder literally leave us a review um a nice review obviously on your <laughs> podcast service of choice just screenshot it send it to us via twitter or email and then just let us know if you're uk or us based and and that's it yeah and make um, sure you do send it to us because we we can't see them all 
I think is yeah. one of the biggest problems with the mm -hmm. US. We do not get to see those reviews because we don't have access to that side of it. We only see the UK. So, so like iTunes, for example, we can only see the UK side easily. So if we we won't get to see them any other way um, to know that you've that you've done it. Yeah, for sure. Um, and um, yeah, I just wanted to say a huge shout out to Sean. Obviously, mm. you've you've already said it, but you know it, it's amazing that he's sponsoring this and kind of. Uh, so yeah, thanks to him for for kind of uh, sponsoring this and and giving the fans something kind of positive in twenty twenty one, which I think is kind of you know what everyone wants right now. Hundred percent. Yeah, Sean said this in the email of like he was doing this to thank us for the show um, because he's such mm -hmm. a big fan, which of course you know is welcome, and we want to thank Sean for the kind words and for sponsoring this giveaway, and then I think everyone listening especially the people that get their hands on these lovely you know blu-rays for free should be thanking sean as well mm -hmm. um so yeah awesome giveaway um it'll all i'll tweet about this as well and yeah you have over a week to enter just just do it because you get some awesome free stuff i know i'd be doing it so <laughs> um enter away um but yeah shall we talk about this week's film let's do it let's talk about willie's wonderland <laughs> So yeah, this was one that was what randomly popped up in the news. Not that yeah, long not, ago, really. not that long ago. It was this year, wasn't it? That we just yeah, kind of saw the trailer ago. for it and kind of, um, you know, it set the scene pretty well. I think um, even before I go into my synopsis of it, I think I haven't rewatched the trailer, which I probably should have. But um, yeah, same. I I think that tonally that trailer set out perfectly what this movie was. My expectations for this movie were perfectly aligned to with what to to what this movie was, and mm. I think kind of was it last week the movie yeah. we did <laughs> yeah. Um, very misleading. The, yeah, the trailer was very misleading. I think this trailer was perfect. Like I going I back and watching it now, I wonder. I don't really think you can be spoiler heavy for this movie anyway. No. Um, and so yeah, the trailer got me completely on on board and completely aligned to what this movie was, as did the Psycho Gorman trailer. And I think um, that's what trailers should be. And I think, um, yeah, that that was fantastic. So if you if you're on the fence, even after listening to this, I think kind of watch the trailer because yeah. they, they do a great job, which is something that we give the trailers a lot of shit. And when they do it mm. right, I want to point that out. Yeah. Um, yeah, I completely agree. Yeah, it's like yeah. It, it, it's a hard movie to discuss tonally if you know if you know literally nothing about that this yeah. film if you're listening to this right now and you've never heard of the film willie's wonderland yeah watch the trailer because it will just it's a perfect yeah and, and i think you know if, if i'd have gone into this movie not knowing that i don't know if i'd have been as instantly on board and i think that mm. massively helped me with my viewing experience which is mm. you know great for a trailer to do mm. um but yeah this this movie uh stars the one and only nick cage who um his second, second name drop of the show. Yeah, and it's been in the genre now kind of quite quite consistently over the last mm. couple of years. Um, just doing these really, really weird horror movies. And this is definitely one of those as well, where um, he basically plays a mute badass that's really good at chugging energy drinks and <laughs> really good at cleaning. <laughs> and, and playing pinball and yeah and is really good at pinball um and yeah that's the synopsis um, 
no basically yeah he's he's kind of this badass that's on the road and he his car kind of gets uh runs over some spike what they called spike car uh yeah i can't remember what the name of him is yeah i can't like spike track for cars anyway (laughs) his tires get blown out and he calls kind of like a pickup truck who um takes his car to the garage but conveniently says to him after telling him that it was a very large bill to repair the car that he accepts cash only and nick cage being the badass that he is only carries plastic uh and so luckily for him uh someone is going to pay him the sum of one thousand dollars to do one night's work in uh i know i'd do i'd do it like (laughs) even if i didn't like even if i even if i had the cash or like a thousand bucks for one night's work um and i wouldn't i wouldn't have put in the effort nick cage did either with the cleaning i'll tell you that for nothing um that that guy can clean a bathroom Mm-hmm. and um he's not called the janitor for nothing no and so yeah he 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 basically is tricked into this kind of janitorial job where he is having to stay one night cleaning this place called willie's wonderland which is a closed family kind of uh restaurant slash entertainment place kind of like these mm-hmm. very kind of uh, one yeah one chain Chuck E. cheese kind of out in the middle of america kind of freaky places that i just love the sound of like these mm. places they just they just rife for this exact thing in my yeah, we don't really have this that much in the uk i'm trying to, i don't really think we have no. an equivalent to a kind of it's the combination of it's a crappy restaurant there's also you know a children's and then, yeah center. exactly yeah no. We kind of do a little bit with like I guess bowling alleys is is the only thing because a you bit, and we kind of have them we have them more with like low key amusement parks we have one near us and kind of like that mm. sort of thing where there's off brand amusement parks and that sort of thing but I don't mm. not specifically this because I don't think us as a culture buy into it these kind of you know the the whole thing of Willy's Wonderland is it the the tables are all set up in the main room and then there's this stage with basically like six to eight foot animatronic animals that play instruments and kind of move and sing cheesy songs and we just wouldn't buy into that you know it just would would be cringeworthy in our country uh we'd just all be too stone-faced about it which is a shame (laughs) um but yeah so he is kind of um Basically, yeah, given this task, and as soon as he's locked in there, the the animatronic uh, animals start to kind of come to life and move around and, and start to try to mess with him and kill him and kill anyone else that comes nearby. Mm. Um, and lucky for us, we have a group of willing teens that are... Uh, are trying to break into the place to 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 destroy it apparently uh but yeah we have a good good uh body count number of teens to break in to to kind of give give some uh, fresh meat for the uh the the, the animatronic animals mm. that's all you need really isn't it that's pretty much it um and yeah like kind of from the trailer as well like for people that know it's it's very visually reminiscent of this video game series five nights at freddy's um, yeah yeah which kind of has the similar look of these weird animatronic things um and a lot of the time it is you kind of you know in this abandoned building overnight you have to do these mundane tasks um whilst these things are trying to freak you well out. you're literally so, just like a security guard in those games and you're just flicking between cameras and that's yeah. that's kind of you know the, the the opening scenes of this movie could be straight out of that video game because it is mm. looking at the cameras and seeing these these things and then and then obviously then we just get to see mick cage play out there um 
Yeah, I mean, uh, and I guess the other important thing is that he has to chug an energy drink every hour. Yes. <laughs> um, it's very, very important to his lifestyle. I, I can and, relate to that. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, what, what did you make of this one? I want to hear your thoughts. <laughs> I mean, I had a blast. Like, <laughs> I, like I said, I, 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 I don't know how you review it for a podcast, like, that because, because it's just, it, it doesn't, you know, it's kind of like what we said about Psycho Gorman, but that was more more than this movie i think Gorman, obviously but this you know this is just like a really fun time that doesn't take itself seriously at all nick cage literally doesn't say anything for the full movie which is hilarious <laughs> like like that is one hell of a acting gig for him to get right there he just has to kind of go ah, a couple of times when he chugs an energy <laughs> drink and that's it like that's that's baller um and yeah you know it has it has some really fun kills in it. The animatronic animals and monsters and that are cool. And it's just this wacky, zany thing. I think kind of we get more than a backstory than what I thought we were going to get as to why these things are coming to life and attacking. And I, I really enjoyed that backstory. And I would watch more of that backstory. Um, and for what it was i had a really fun time watching it and and you know it's kind of what we've said like in recent weeks like i don't want these hard-hitting serious things that often and when they do they need to be stellar because otherwise i just i just don't want it right now i just want some dumb fun mm. and you know we've had that twice this year now and both have hit for me and you know this like i say it's not it's not to that level um but it's still hit and it was just it was just a fun time like i don't um it's, it's one where I find it difficult because I think kind of putting like a, you know, big thumbs up stamp on it is, is almost kind of like that's brave, but it's just, it's just like this dumb fun and, and for what it was. Yeah. And, and I think as well, like when we actually got the teens in there, they, they almost rushed it. Like mm. people got annihilated very quickly and I kind of wanted that to be a little bit more drawn out and, and a bit more of a chase and a backwards and forwards because like people just get wrecked. And I kind of, cause the movie was, you know, more aimed at like Nick Cage being a badass. And actually I would have enjoyed there to be a longer segment with the body count. And that was something that I would have definitely liked more because him just kind of like kicking ass and stuff after a while was, was, you know, fine, but but yeah, I, I I definitely could have done with them stretching out the teens that are in there more, or just chucking mm. like twenty in if they're going to go that crazy. <laughs> yeah. Um, have you have you seen the tagline for this movie on the poster? Uh, no. <laughs> it's twenty twenty isn't over yet, kids. Brilliant. Which which is amazing. Um, I just had to call that out because I was then there looking at it. Um, but uh, yeah, like I mostly agree. I, I think I, I I did enjoy this movie quite a fair bit. I, I think it's. It is just, it is what it's trying to go for, which I think is is its biggest positive, is like it mostly achieves that just ridiculous level of dumbness, which it wants to do. Um, And I think for the most part, it achieves that. I think the opening scene was really odd because it's like you've started the movie, you're going to be introduced to Willy's Wonderland. And if you've probably seen the trailer at that point, you know what you're in for. Mm. And I thought the opening scene was like really tame. Um, because it's a it's a nice easy chance to get a couple of early kills in of just yeah that, rel- yeah I was disappointed by that first opening scene because it was very and, quick and it, cut yeah and it was just like a quick blood splatter and it ended and I was kind of like that that got me nervous because I was mm. like are they really not going to lean into the, the the zany gore and over the top violence um, which overall I'm a little bit kind of indifferent on which we'll we'll get back to that but 
that had me worried and then i think as soon as nick cage was in the movie i was like fuck yeah like just <laughs> everything about his performance i loved so much um i just he's so outrageously ridiculous um yeah. in everything he's doing um to the point where it's like he's like he's invented a new like acting style um like it very much did remind me in such a different way but when i was talking about bruce campbell recently with that's yeah. of the dead and i was like it's so hard to achieve this level of acting because it's such a weird take on when, acting. When he is playing the pinball machine and then starts mm. doing his little victory dance, like it's the most... Oh, so good. It's still, yeah, it's just next level. But just even early on where it's kind of like characters are talking at him and he just mm. kind of gives them this look um, because he's not going to talk. And you, mm. and like uh, and I think as well, like, the mute protagonist thing I thought was incredible. I thought it worked pretty much in every single scene brilliantly. The, yeah. uh, there's only one scene in the middle of the movie where he's kind of face-to-face with the teen characters and they're kind of explaining to him what's going on, but he already knows what's going on. And he's not... So, like, the easy out would be he would, you know, if he was a talking character, he'd be like, no, don't worry, I've got this shit. Yeah. But, like, he doesn't really say that. You see those bags over there? Yeah, so... And, like, that was a cool... That was, I guess, what they were going for, where it was like the shot of the bags that was supposed to tell them that he knows what he's doing. But there was a bit of an awkwardness there. I don't know why. But everything else was like, it's really fucking hard to do this, to have like at least somewhat of a narrative. Um, You know, it's not like it doesn't have a story. There is a vague story to this film. Um, And he just portrayed it so... Yeah, <laughs> but like he he just plays it completely and like when you watch the trailer and you don't see him talk i kind of assume like okay he's going to be like a man of few words yeah where like it'll be the occasional one-liner and over the course of the movie he'll probably say three to four different badass lines and that's what i was expecting and the fact that he literally does not say a word in the whole movie i thought was awesome because it was so unexpected especially mm. in the final moments where they really linger on him with yeah, another I character. He was say something. Yeah, and I was like, I don't want you to break this yeah. right now. And I wonder how much back and forth there was of that, where they were like, what are we going to do in this moment? And regardless of what choice they, you know, um, made along the way, like, I'm so happy that this is the version of the movie that we saw where he just oh, doesn't sure. say anything. Because that just worked for me so well. And so I think that was, like, my biggest positive of this movie by far, is, like, his performance and his character just worked for me so well. Um Another thing that I absolutely loved throughout was the soundtrack. Um, yeah. Like we talked about it last week as well, but like there's so many of these whimsical little songs that just work so well in setting the tone of this like shitty little um, amusement place. Um, you know, like the kind of main one that you get in the trailer with like, it's your birthday. It was like awesome. But there's like other ones as well that pop up throughout the movie that just work awesome. Um, and they have some really cool like remix versions as well towards the end. Like, I thought the the sound design in particular was just awesome, and again, that worked well with having a character who does not speak. Um, oh yeah. So like, sound is going to have to fill that void. Um, I think my one of my only criticisms was kind of the the violence. Really, um, I liked him killing the animatronics. I thought that looked good. Um, but the scenes that you were talking about, where like other you know human characters get killed um was a bit disappointing to me and i think you you know you kind of mentioned it perfectly where you said like they rushed it in that moment to just kind of like kill off everyone and to me that was a case of like maybe that's budget restraints coming in like i'm sure it is because this is a small indie film but like so yeah a great version of this movie would have had all of those human deaths sprinkled out a bit more they wouldn't have been all condensed in the middle of the movie and they would have really shown it 
you know it's over very quick isn't it <laughs> yeah and and like i don't think it looks good quickly either it, you know it's it's okay it's it doesn't look terrible not by any stretch but it, there's a couple of the deaths that are very much a quick hit blood splatter this is something that we've talked about time and time again mm-hmm. where how quick kills are and how the ones that really it's not even like linger on it because not everything has to be possessor where they're like swimming in the blood for no half please half please not let everything <laughs> like it doesn't have to be like that but like it could be like psycho gorman you know or like other stuff um not just that one movie that we've seen but like plenty of other films that like you know like the child's play movies they show the kill yeah, whereas i think <laughs> I wondered what like bullshit film he was going to bring up. Um, hey mate, hey mate, that that last <laughs> puppet master had some sick kills in it, man. It had some sick it did, kills. It did, it absolutely did. Um, shame you had to wait an hour to get there, but yeah, it was like so. That was my only downside, but I do think that is obviously like a budget issue. Um, yeah, I think, I think so too. You know, I think mm. like you said, the kills definitely. You know, I had a good time with the kills just because I was having mm. a good time with the movie. I think if yeah. this had been some psycho gore man you know like you say some uh puppet master kills in there that would have been just way more over the top then this movie mm. could have been elevated even more um, and maybe that is me being spoiled because of what we've seen i think you know yeah and i think it is just sometimes these low budget movies you know that they have to have the restraints on it and i think kind of but but yeah i definitely agree that if they'd if they'd have gone more on them this movie could have been elevated even higher Definitely, because I think the animatronics look good. I think mm. there is a slight overuse of CG um, to get a certain characters moving the way they want to. But like for the most part, they look very, very good. Mm. Um, the, the the set design and kind of location is awesome. Like I don't know what this is, whether they literally built all of this for this film, um, or if this is like a stand-in location that they kind of kitted out. But it was awesome. Yeah. Like Witty's Wonderland of... felt like a character, which is what it needed to do. Definitely, definitely. I, I love the fact that you had the different rooms. Obviously, like mm. you had the main auditorium or the main kind of food hall. You had the kitchen area. You had the bathrooms. We had the the um, what was it? Willie's fun room or something? Yeah, like something like that. Yeah, it's funny. <laughs> the secret fun room. Where yeah. I was like, okay, that doesn't sound dodgy at all. Yeah, which was great. Um, I love the fact that like this has been rebranded in a lot of places to Wally's. Have you seen this? Um, it well, it was initially called that as well. It was based on short films called the other Wally's way, Wonderland, right? Because I knew mm. that there's like this backwards and forward between Wally and Willy going on that's very strange. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's initially what it was called. But I was just reading about it where it was that was right. the original short film, and that's what Nick Cage saw, Brilliant. and he was like, "I want to be in this." And so, like, he is an actor and he's a producer of this film as well. <laughs> I want to see that short film. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But yeah, I just think, um, you know, with, you know, you can you can critique this kind of definitely when you get into it. But I just think ultimately people set out to make a really fun movie with a low mm. budget. And that's exactly what they did. Um, and like it's it's kind of it's difficult, really, because at times like we are overcritical on things. And sometimes I feel like I step away from the show and I'm like, oh, I've probably been a bit harsh there at times. But but because because the kind of craft that's gone into it and the way that the film's portrayed, I feel like it needs to be broken apart more. Whereas this one, I don't even like, you know, I give it, I give it passes. Do you know what I mean? Like Mm. even for like the kills and stuff, I'm like, okay, it would have been great if they gave me more, but I'm still satisfied with what I got. Like it would have just elevated it higher. And I think kind of, you know, whether that is just the type of film they're going for, maybe it's the type of film I like versus kind of another one, but for whatever reason, I'm definitely just feel less harsh on this one. 
Yeah, that's fine. I'll be the bad guy this week. <laughs> um, but no, I still really enjoyed this movie. Yeah. I think another thing that I really liked that you touched upon was like, and I was not expecting this in the slightest, was like the backstory of Willy's Wonderland. <laughs> I, want, awesome. I want that. As it's like crazy. And like, I think that's what it, it takes you almost out of it in the sense that going in, you don't expect any sort of good story stuff because mm. from the trailer and what the setup of this film is and how ridiculous Nick Cage's character is, I didn't need anything. I like the fact that the film even felt like it needed to explain to me why this place was fucked up where I was like, it, at no point during this movie did I ever stop back and go, why are these animatronic dolls trying to kill him? You know, why yeah. are they killing people? Like at no point would that ever cross my mind. But the fact that the movie actually was like, Oh no, we are actually going to try and attempt to give this a backstory. And when it first started and they kind of go, you know, back in time, I was like, Oh, here we go. Um, and it was awesome. It was really, really cool and interesting. It was shot really well um and yeah really well written um way more than i expected and there's like a lot of stuff in there to the point where definitely there's there's more to that like that is the meat of this story that i think is yeah. it's quickly glossed over to get to the fun nick cage versus the the robots which is what the movie needed to be but there's like there's some really cool well, that, stuff you, know, you could make a very different type of movie telling the origin very well. very a very dark movie and kind mm. of like you know then you've got the mob mentality of the the village folk that were trying to destroy mm. the place and then the, the the fight back you've got the whole kind of child's play kind of child's lee ray kind of uh you know they you know embodying within the within these kind of animatronics you've got kind of a hell of a lot there then you've got the townspeople and kind of like their stories and even that like the sheriff was kind of you know quite a very well-rounded character with a lot going on and what she was doing mm. and i think kind of um i definitely i definitely want to hear your opinion uh more than anything of of the police in this movie how, how did you <laughs> find the police were, were you okay with how they were kind of displayed you know that they're not the traditional dumb police in this. They have they have a bit more of an ulterior motive. Yeah, like early on, it's more of a self-aware dumb police. And then mm -hmm. once you figure out more of what's going on and how aware they are of, of the entire situation, then it becomes perfectly fine. Yeah, I, I liked them, actually, especially the kind of lead uh, female nice. cop, who's like the main one. Mm -hmm. um, I liked her character quite a bit, really. Um, yeah. like, She's in a ton of stuff as well. Yeah, 100%. Um, but yeah, she was a really cool character. I think the you know the other characters that we haven't discussed are the young teen characters, um, which to me are all atrocious. Um, they're they're just rubbish characters that are complete throwaway um, purely for the for the body count, mm -hmm. and I think that's fine. I expected that, um, and I think you know again, had they given me the kills that I really wanted, that would have been more okay with me. Um, the mm. fact that I was kind of a little bit lukewarm with the way they were killed then leads me to be like, well, I'm it kind of sucks that I had to see as much of them as I did. Because these, the these characters really survived. sucked. <laughs> yeah, like because normally that's fine in a movie where you're going to see them all gruesome, gruesomely killed. And yeah, you do, but I still felt like they wasted my time a bit too much. Um, and even our kind of the lead of the team characters, the one who's supposed to have a bit mm -hmm. more of a character, just didn't feel anything towards her in the slightest either. She was just a complete nothing character to me. And she was they, too moody, you know. Yeah. There was not enough there with her. I do agree that like definitely the the, the, the teens all sucked. You know, mm. that the, there was kind of like such a stereotype, the kind of the 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 um kind of cheerleader chewing bubblegum kind of over the top stereotype you had kind of like these 
the the guy that was massively in love with her with our grumpy lead uh, female and kind of like just of all of these that things was that was obviously intentional like yeah like, that's obvious but i think the point is not that the point is that when it gets around to seeing them killed off, which yeah, is you then supposed to be really the point, you to... don't feel that level of catharsis yeah. that you should. In there that was moment. the couple, the, the kind of you know the 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 the, um, the chewing gum kind of blonde and mm-hmm. the 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 jock guy, and kind of when they got bumped off, I really thought that happened so quick because yeah. kind of one was one was very quick, and then the other one was pretty much off camera. Mm. And I and that was the only time that I sat back and was like, oh, I'm disappointed by that. Like, it's, well, they were I, building up to that one as like the biggest one of them all. Yeah, well. like the location, yeah. how long really, it was drawn out. I really wonder because this this movie is a you know it's not overly long. I think it's just under an hour and a half. I do yeah. wonder if things were cut from it. I don't really know why you'd cut from it, but I wonder mm. you know maybe they didn't work or or what or whether whether it was to do with rating, maybe they went too far, but I don't think they would. But I just, I don't know, like a couple of the deaths really did seem, you know, a bit glossed over, which was a shame. Um, yeah, I definitely but, think, like we said before, to me, it, it most obviously points yeah, budget. to like budget restraints because it is very hard to do that. And especially when you're nailing so many other things, um, mm. it is hard to do that. But yeah, that was a, a minor frustration for me. But like overall, I still really enjoyed you it. To, like, you when... have to keep Nick Cage supplied with energy drinks. Yeah, you know, exactly. That's like, expensive. I, you know we keep mentioning that but like i i think it's gonna click for a different moment for different people but i and i have no idea which one it was but one of the cutaways at some point when it was like i'm getting an edgy drink again and i'm gonna play pimple again it just got me so good where i was just like this is fucking brilliant i love that this is what his character is is that he has this little alarm that goes off and then he has to quickly have his energy drink and he has to quickly play pinball well he's he's the janitor you know, and <laughs> and you know he is very good at following instructions. The the guy who owns Willy's Wonderland told him to make sure he takes regular breaks. <laughs> yeah. He has taken his break. He doesn't. You know, if he's halfway through cleaning a toilet or murdering uh, an animatronic, he when his when his stopwatch goes off, he's taking that ten minute break, and he he deserves it. God damn it! Mm. Like he he worked hard on cleaning that bathroom. He is a I ridiculous was, cleaner. I was blown away yeah. that he was able to scrub off like all that graffiti. I was like, God yeah. damn. <laughs> I was, He's going above yeah. and beyond. I think that's the thing. Like I spent a lot of this movie in awe of Nick Cage's cleaning. <laughs> like Definitely. I started off at the start of this movie thinking a thousand a thousand bucks for uh one <laughs> night's cleaning is quite steep. I actually think they got a bargain. Yeah, they really did. <laughs> like, like he should have got ten G's for that, definitely. And he just took care of their like animatronic killer problem as yeah. well, which is yeah, just for exactly. free. That yeah, wasn't even like, in the job description. They've literally got a, a, a spick and span Willy's Wonderland killer free, like after one night's hard work. I know. It's and it was just a thousand bucks. He didn't even eat any of the food. No. <laughs> yeah. You know? They got um, a bonus cleaned up pinball machine. But yeah, like overall, I, d- I definitely had a lot of fun with this movie. Like I say, the zaniness got me. And I think like there's the small nitpicks, obviously. But I think overall, it was still a really fun movie. And it, again, it's one that do not take this remotely seriously. It's supposed to be zany. I think the, the one other thing I want to say, because we touched upon it at the start with the whole Five Nights at Freddy's thing. Like, mm-hmm. even though it's not super relevant to this, but it is so like, it's such a huge marketing tool. Like when you see yeah. any screenshot from this, people are like, oh, it's Five Nights at Freddy's. Especially because there is supposedly a Five Nights at Freddy's movie happening as well. Um, which is weird because this isn't it. But like, I 
hate those games. I think they're absolute dog shit. Um, as I hate most horror games that aren't Resident Evil for the record, I think 90% of the genre is terrible, um, especially the whole first person jump scare, horrific, no story, no substance, just a, you know, a cheap jump scare to get the, the YouTuber to jump and scream and everyone laughs at it. Like I hate that genre, um, so, so much. And so like I'm coming in this with like a vehement hate for the thing that it's kind of, you know, copying a little bit. Um, and I actually found it massively rewarding to see Nick Cage beat the shit out of these stupid dolls. Um, <laughs> like, I absolutely loved it. When he just fucks up that first one, I was like, I was just like clapping. I was like, yes. And like, I love that so much. So like, I, and I wonder if that is what they're going for, because, yeah, they're not really cool in the sense of like, I, I assume what people like of Five Nights at Freddy's is they like the animatronic dolls, whereas like, I think yeah. they suck. So to me, seeing them get just completely destroyed by Nick this, Cage this, was awesome. This ultimately felt like an FU to Five Nights at Freddy's yeah. modern homage, which <laughs> which is is kind of hilarious because yeah. it is just like, oh no, we we just you know screw this thing. We're just going to send Nick Cage in. Yeah, like yeah, it's like, I, a, it's I, like imagine if you had any sort of agency in those games and was able to uh, play. You'd want to be Nick Cage. <laughs> I. Do you know what I want to have happen after this? I want this to span uh, a slew of sequels, uh, which is Nick Cage beating the shit out of franchises that annoy me. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> what, what else are we having? I don't know. I don't know off the top of my head. Like I haven't, I haven't necessarily got it. But like, I, I just, I just want that to happen mm, um, yeah. because I think, I think that would just be super fun. Yeah. Just like a Deadpool esque where he's just going into these universes and just beating the hell out of them. Just, just like, <laughs> <Yeah>. This sucks. <laughs> <laughs> but in between, always every hour chugging energy drinks. Oh, and yeah. whatever the whatever the IP is, he's playing a pinball machine of that IP. It was a great pinball machine as well. It was like, a great pinball machine. <laughs> I, I, that's what I mean, like the, the kind of the set design and location is so well done. And that must be where like the money is because yeah, it just unfortunately if the kills were spectacular, if this had the puppet master kills as well, I'd have been the like, bloody... <laughs> you know, what I said, um, <laughs> Listen, The Littlest Reich is like a bad movie, but the kills are fucking awesome in it. Um, whereas this is a better film by far, but like the kills aren't as good. Um, yeah, I'll give you this is a better film. But uh, yeah, we did have an email as well from Cody, um, mm. who I know was very excited for this one. Um, who, yeah, I'm curious like where he was coming from, because I kind of assumed it was because he likes Five Nights at Freddy's. Um, so I'm curious, you know, whether that was the reason or if it's uh, maybe it's the Nick Cage, who knows? Um, but uh, yeah, he said, Dear Super Horror Brothers, I hope your 2020 has been going well thus far. Um, I'm very happy to say that this film is nothing short of silly, crazy and Nicholas Cagey. Um, absolutely love that that needs to be on the back of the blu-ray for sure um, definitely i think all nick cage films from now on should say that i think i think <laughs> you should copyright that cody and, and and get it on the box for sure um he said i expected this movie to be to have a lot of camp and kills and it did not fail on either end um spoiler alert for people worried um I'll give you a second. Um, it's not really too bad, but yeah, there's a few specifics about kills. Um, he said, uh, love the kills in this movie and the fights between the janitor and the animatronics, uh, especially the fight with Siren Sarah and Cammy the Chameleon. Um, also on par was when Siren Sarah blew up the car with the T-shirt rag and the lighter. That was cheesy and delightful. Um, I felt that the des design of the sets and the animatronics were incredible too, especially for the short budget and the month they had to film this movie. That's wild. Um, which, yeah, goes into what we were saying. Um, I absolutely love the twists and turns of this movie and love the backstory to how crazy Willy's Wonderland <laughs> is. I would love to see either a prequel film about the roster of serial killers who work there or a sequel. 
Um, while I did love it, I think it's not meant to be taken too seriously. Cheers, Cody. Um, yeah, we pretty much echo all of that. Like, I'm super glad that you enjoyed this one because I know you were looking forward to it. And mm. yeah, like, I think you, you hit the nail on the head, really, of all the best moments of this. I want a prequel. I want a yeah. prequel. That's what it's I want really more cool. than anything. Like, I, I want never a prequel. <laughs> that coming. Like, and like, I think they really get into the whole, the real aspect of the seediness of these types of places. And like, mm-hmm. anytime you are dealing with children and there's that level of vulnerability, like, that's such a great horror place. And there's, they did there's such a level of trust that mm. you put into a man wearing a character suit mm. that that is terrifying as a parent yeah. where like if you see someone in a character suit you're like oh yeah that's fine mm. like they're like a... how you trust someone with a clipboard and a high-vis jacket <laughs> like you trust someone yeah. with a kid if they're in a if yeah. they're in a costume like you know like you trust a teacher to, mm. to the same level almost because like but you know there's a way different like level of, of <laughs> check, background checks that are done on a teacher versus a person yeah, character and you suit. This, but like yes yeah or no. <laughs> exactly and it's just like but you you seriously you just see them you're like well you know I, i'll trust a giant pikachu in my life you know <laughs> and it's just like i i think that level of vulnerability is something that uh has been used in the genre but i i would love to see it used more yeah, like, it, it, uh, there must be a film where it's, like, the main serial killer. That's, like, his thing, right? Is like, a, you know, a Yeah, I'm, trying, I'm trying to remember. Like, obviously, mm. we get it with clowns a lot and that sort of mm. thing. But specifically, a, like, a costume killer, like, we, we get hints of it, even, like, in Happy Death Day and stuff. But, like, yeah. but like fully, uh, yeah, I, off the top of my head, I can't think. But I'm sure it has been done. But, yeah, I would uh, definitely, I, I would love uh, anyone that's listening that knows the movie, let me know because I'd check it out for sure. Um, what would you recommend for this one? Hell yeah! Like I think, um, <laughs> I, I think chug a, a beer every time Nick Cage has an energy drink, and you're going to have a blast. Um, uh, you might also be unconscious, but uh, yeah, I, 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 had, I had a real fun time. I think this is just a dumb, fun viewing. If you want something serious, then no. But if you just want to have a dumb, fun time, then I think you can have a great time. Yeah, I completely agree. I would say throw on the trailer, and if this is totally what you like in a horror movie, definitely watch this movie because it delivers on that completely. Um, and I think that we see a lot of these movies over the last sort of five years of like ones yeah. that are trying to be dumb fun, and, and it's not always a win. It's not no, like, for sure. Because we've seen two back to back now that did it really well. I want to make that point is that we've seen movies that try and do dumb fun that don't work. Yeah, that's almost why. Fun. That's almost why I was a little bit cautious about this one because. Mm. We are now two for two in, 20, in this year, and I kind of feel like, yeah, that isn't always the case, and it is actually a harder craft. Like these two movies make make it look quite easy, mm-hmm. and I think, and and I think, yeah, we've seen so many misses. I think as well, just before we kind of finish off, like Nick Cage has really transcended again for me. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know when he became like someone that annoyed me, but he did for a spell. Um, I think it was kind of like around like when he was in the kick-ass and Ghost Rider movies and that sort of phase where I was just kind of like, I was just done with him. Mm. And and it got to the point that I, I just didn't really want to see him in anything. And like, he's really turned it around for me where like, I, I, I really enjoy seeing him now. And like in this movie, he was exquisite. And like, yeah, I, I, I want him to keep doing these crazy things. Yeah, he was a weird one for me because it was never like a case of... I, uh, it was never I, hate. It was never no, like a my, strong dislike. I just was, got a bit I, bored of him. I definitely got frustrated when he became like a meme and it was a case Ooh. of like everyone was like, you know, they love to poke fun at the, um, what was the remake? The Wicker Man, where it was like all those ridiculous mm. scenes and like it, he became such like the running joke. And yeah, 
I, I was never really seeing these movies. So like I, I've not really seen him in much, to be honest, in terms of the last decade. And so having now seen him a couple of times for the show and thoroughly enjoyed him, like I wish there's two movies that we could have seen for the show. There was one called Mum and Dad and there was one last year called Colour Out of Space that he was mm. in. There were two genre movies that we just didn't see. And like I'm really curious to see them because, yeah, I, I really liked him in Mandy and I completely different in this film i loved him in this film i thought he was awesome yeah um, definitely mum and dad has was on uh demand as well for the longest time in the uk it was on the sky um and right. tv for the longest time i had it in my mm. watch list i never even got around to it just to watch on my own I, i'm definitely gonna you've reminded me that that movie exists like i'm gonna yeah. see whether it's still there i don't know whether it is because that sounded really fun yeah, and I was the same with the other one. I really wanted to see Color Out of Space. It sounded more like a sci-fi yeah. type thing, which is always happy for me, and it was like a bit Lovecraftian, apparently, and I was like, this yeah. sounds cool. But um, yeah, we, we should definitely check those ones out. Um, but yeah, that was our discussion of Willy's Wonderland. Uh, we will take a short break, and we will be right back. So yeah, continuing my trend of watching hell of a lot of TV at the minute. Mm-hmm. Um, the show that I kind of talked about last few weeks has come to an end. Um, the Stand, the 2020-2021 miniseries um, of obviously the Stephen King novel. Um, I can't remember how many I watched the last time I spoke. I think you, you, were, you were ready for the finale. No, I think last week you were ready for the finale. Well, no, I definitely hadn't watched episode eight. Um, okay. I think maybe I'd watched seven because there was mm. nine. Um, but yeah, like I say, I've been thoroughly enjoying it. Um, episode eight was fucking nuts. It was it was I... so insane from like it was. I can't remember how long it was. They do get slightly shorter the episodes. I think it was maybe closer to 45 minutes. And it just went like there was so much insanity happening and I just almost couldn't keep up with it. And I absolutely loved every second of it. It was like this huge spectacle where like finally all of these threads are coming together and you're finally getting these confrontations that you've wanted for the whole series. And it just did not disappoint. I I absolutely loved episode eight and it very much felt like finale. And I was like, this is absolutely insane. It's pretty much wrapped up everything I wanted to do. And then there was another episode. Um, (laughs) So I was like, that's really weird and then when i was watching it it's a much slower episode it's focusing on a much smaller story and i'm like okay this much this feels like you know the epilogue to the book that he wrote um and then it wasn't until after watching the episode that i then looked up some very interesting stuff about this um which is that one stephen king wrote this final episode and it is a new ending to the stand um so Again, it's such hilarious, this whole meme, you know, with Stephen King and his endings. And, like, it's <laughs> he, he, he is obsessed with it. Like, he, yeah. I was reading about it, and it's like he has said multiple times that he's unhappy with the ending of The Stand. And it's like it blows my mind that one of the greatest authors of all time just has this glaring issue mentally, I think, more than anything. Yeah. Of, like, he just doesn't know how to finish these it's, amazing stories. It's It's wild because, like, not only does it, literally it does affect the ending like it mm. <clears throat> for the worst at times like it yeah, does he's in his own head yeah but also like he's so in his head that he can't even see the good when it does happen and right. like it's yeah it is it's crazy it's his biggest problem and like it's just it's gotten worse and worse over the years like it's like for me i, I definitely need to jump into this show like I, I don't know why i haven't really it's just it's just time like i think right now like when we have all of this 
nothing time uh it's when time also just becomes irrelevant like it just yeah. wastes away like it's just this such a weird phase for everyone but anyway um but yeah like hearing the fact that he like changed his book from 30 odd years ago to, to well, like give this epilogue it's, it's it's just it's just it's insane yeah, like he he wrote this book forty years ago, and right, then he yeah. he had the revision in nineteen ninety where they added loads of new stuff, and at the, that time he added another ending, <laughs> and this is now the third iteration where right. he's added upon it again, um, and it's like some things are obviously changed because it is a mini series, so like certain characters are different, yeah. etc. But then this is more of like a the the main events of the novel are the same, but then he's bolted on like uh, to me it's more of like an epilogue rather than like a different ending quote mm. unquote. But I guess it is the end of the story. But um yeah, it was a weird episode watching it because tonally it was such a massive shift from the rest of the show, and I just was like, this is kind of unnecessary. And I thought mm -hmm. it was good the the last episode, but it was my least favorite out of the nine by far. Right. And then reading about it afterwards, I was like, man, this is weird that it felt like. You know, there were certain people in charge of this whole show, and then they almost just let King have the reins for the final episode, and they just kind of like, well, you're the you're the god, you know, so we just let you do it. And I mean, like, it's what I, you can do at this point. <laughs> yeah, it's you just have to let him play with his toys at the end of the day because they are his toys. He created this universe. They're his like, toys, and they're such great toys. And he mm. is, you know, he is the god. You know, at the end of the day, like you say, it's kind of there is there is no one else that compares to King, and like right. even though. He clearly has this issue. He is still the greatest. So you have to just let him have this. I know. And it's just, I can't, like, I feel like, first of all, I don't think people are giving this show enough credit in terms of, like, mm -hmm. the general populace. It seems like this show has completely disappeared off the face of the earth. I remember hearing a little bit of hype pre when it started in December, and I've heard nothing about it since it came out. And it's like, it's a massive budget. They, I was looking it up because I was like, did they film this during COVID? And they finished it the week before, basically, everything right, was shut down. Crazy. And it was something like a, a nine-month production schedule this was. Like, this show feels massive. Mm. But wise, there's a lot going on it looks stunning it's got you know a cast of 20 actors that i could name right now that i've all seen in different stuff nice. like, all extremely recognizable um and yeah i thought for the most part this show was awesome i really mm. really really enjoyed it and i think even with the weird ending overall i look back on it and i was like this was mostly really good and episode eight was like i say was stunning i cannot wait to like right. you need to watch it just to talk about episode eight because it was so insane yeah well, i think like definitely we need to kind of uh you know uh, get on it and, and give it a bit more of a, a deep dive definitely because we said about that in this year where it's like with tv it's difficult you know in terms of covering it for the show because it's not the case of like every week we watch a movie we talk about it, and we move on and like tv shows like wandavision for example we get to talk more in depth because we're watching it week to week but it doesn't really get its own you know episode like something like the stand i think deserves mm -hmm. um because yeah like it's in a world where covid has taken so much from us in terms of entertainment this is something that people should be enjoying. If, if you're a genre fan, you need to check this out um, because it's really, really cool. Um, mm. But yeah, I just had a great time with it, really. I don't, I don't know what I'm going to start next, but uh, yeah, still still watching that WandaVision and still just continually blown away by it. I just, I just run out of words to describe it at this point. Like, I just love it so, so much. Um, I get, like, scared watching mm. it. Yeah, just because, like, I, it's I just, terrifying. Yeah, I just don't know what they're going to do and like it, it, <laughs> to the point that it scares me. Mm. Because, because i'm just like well, anything week in particular yeah just like anything could happen at any given moment mm. like i honestly feel like batman could just show up <laughs> yeah you know what i mean like yeah. it's that crazy 
Well, that's that is the the, the rule set they've set out with the show. Is is the rule set is anything can happen. Like it, I can see Keaton, I can see Keaton in bat, bat suit <laughs> rocking up in this, and like yeah. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't even be that blown away. I'd be no, like, oh, you'd yeah, just be like, oh, <laughs> yeah, you'd just be like, oh yeah, I heard he was returning to the cow. Yeah. <laughs> like, I just wouldn't even be that shocking. <laughs> exactly. But yeah, that's but, what they've done with this show, though. Is that they've completely reinvented the MCU with one TV show. Mm, it's just so absolutely good. incredible. So I, like, apparently, the last three episodes are, are an hour long, and nice. I pray that's true because every Friday I just spend the rest of the day just wishing the days away, really, because. Mm. This past week, like I've loved every episode, but this past week was like a perfect episode of TV. I've already watched it twice. I I um I got genuinely upset today when I realised it was recording podcast day because I thought oh, I was uh, later in the week. I really thought I, I was later I, in the week. I had that yesterday on Monday <laughs> where I was like I was like it's got to be Friday by now. And I was like it's <laughs> fucking Monday. I was like God damn it. <laughs> Because uh, I just spent the whole weekend thinking about One Division, but like Definitely. everything about it, the the injection of fun that Evan Peters like introduced this week, like shout out to him. We, we've talked about him a lot. Obviously, big fans of his on American Horror Story, but he yeah. was so awesome this week. I loved every single scene he was in. I think, like, especially because um, for me, this is him stepping up to a whole different level. Mm. Like he was obviously in those X Men movies, and they they were big movies at the time. But, you know, he wasn't the, the, the lead character or, you know, giant character in that. And, like, we've seen him carry American Horror Story seasons. And um, but this is him really stepping into the limelight. And he shone like he, he was just incredible in that episode. And, and like you said, I think kind of, you know, I think I think eyeballs will be on him globally, which I think is fantastic because he, he is he's been great for years. Yeah, I've only seen like the clips of him in X Men, you know, because they've been floating. Yeah, around I've and seen. Some, like... I've seen those movies, and like he is a very small part of it. They they, yeah, they I, made I... him a bigger part for the subsequent movies because he was so good. Yeah, I, I purposely have not seen those movies because the ones I saw were absolute shite. So I've not watched like X Men Apocalypse and Dark Phoenix and all that other crap because I'd seen like Days of Future Past and was it New Class. And I was like, these are supposedly the good ones. And I was like, these are such bang average movies. But I'm, I'm super. I just want all these out because, like, that was the thing that always blew me away. Like, yeah, they I were love, all fantastic. The I love Michael Fassbender and James McAvoy and Jennifer Lawrence. Like all these amazing actors. And like X Men can be awesome. It just hasn't been awesome. But of course, do now we, it's under that umbrella. Do we? Awesome. Do we get it? Is my question to you. Do we? Do we get Jackman? We, we don't get Jack. We don't get Jackman. No, um, <laughs> I think. I think you think we might get Keaton, but not Jackman. <laughs> oh yeah, it's more likely. <laughs> Honestly, it is, it is more likely. I, I don't. I think Jackman is done. But then the the lure of the MCU is so strong that maybe yeah. that will draw him back. But he was just he was so adamant he was, that he was done. For his yeah, but he was he was so done when it was shit. Like, yeah, I know. <laughs> he made the only good sex. I was going to say, like, it's, 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 tap out now. <laughs> yeah, it's easy to be done when it's shit. Like, yeah. it's it, it's harder to say no when it might be the best ever. Yeah, uh, you know, if he's looking there and 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 Marvel are knocking on his door with that Disney money. And they're mm. saying, you want to be that Wolverine or do you want someone else to be the best Wolverine? Because whatever Wolverine <laughs> we get will be the best Wolverine we ever have because it's 100%. the MCU versus yeah. those other movies. Yeah. Um, 
you said it perfectly it's like anything can happen and so that's what's so exciting it gets me excited for all these things that i've yeah. never been excited for like yeah. the mcu just makes everything better because it's yeah. that fucking good and i i still can't believe that this is the first ever mcu tv show and the stuff that they're doing is like almost unheard of on tv like i rewatched their little announcement thing they did late last year where they kind of announced all their slate of tv shows right, and yeah because it, it was just a, an amazing reminder to see like what's to come and to see like footage of loki and to see you know the falcon and winter soldier i haven't seen the more recent trailers but even the short stuff they've shown back then i was just like we are so lucky to like live in this timeline like there's been a, a lot of awful shit obviously um and in terms of entertainment like we are so lucky to have the mcu in terms of entertainment because yeah it, it's to me, it's like the greatest thing ever, I think, at this point. I honestly don't think anything has given me as much joy consistently over the last decade like the MCU has. Um, oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I just can't wait. I, every single week now. like, Because the thing with WandaVision as well is like, we obviously don't want to talk spoilers, so we don't go into it. But like, this is one of the... I, I want to say for people who might have brains, and they probably have already switched off at this point, if you are like <laughs> this, you just don't care about MCU. This is one of the greatest science fiction slash really dark tv shows ever made um it is straight up sci-fi when well, what the show is actually about um and the tone of this the show and the direction they're going in in terms of death and trauma and dealing with loneliness and sadness of losing a partner and losing your family like they are going to some real heavy shit and it's it's so well done um you know this isn't the kind of what mcu thinks oh it's the big bad guy versus the hero you know the heroes and the capes like it's not that there's no. so much substance to this. It is no, it's just not. It's not just flying in tights, you know. No. It, it's more than that. <clears throat> it's amazing storytelling for, for sure every single week, and I just yeah. I cannot wait. Um, but yeah, that is pretty much it. For I, this uh, week. I, watched I watched a little movie. I watched a little movie. I watched a little movie that uh, featured very highly on our list last year, and also features very heavily in our giveaway. I was going to uh, say, I have a feeling I know what it is. <laughs> yeah, I, I had I had recently picked up the Blu-ray of St. Maud and, uh, yeah, chucked it on and watched it again. And um, just, just like, you know, very spoiler-free, obviously, um, the um, watching this movie with the context of the finale was, was fantastic and just kind of watching it again. And I think um, watching it again was blown away with kind of... Um, how well they kind of show you these things early on and mm. the, the the soundtrack completely blew me away i don't think it's something we even spoke about much on our review but the, the soundtrack no i couldn't either and it's because obviously this time i'm just i'm watching it more with like mm. the the lens and so taking it more in and kind of the soundtrack at the start is almost non-existent it's there's it's very silent and it just slowly starts to pick up oh yeah and, i do remember it that, and like yeah. and, and then by the end of the movie it's pounding and it yeah. is just like it's it's the voices in her head getting louder and louder and it's just mm. it's fantastic and i think um yeah like my, my thoughts are as strong on it um second time round, and it's um you know it, it it's something that i think kind of these this this kind of term slow burn is kind of a thing that that gets thrown around and whenever i hear that term i'm i'm instantly like nah i'm out and i think like this is the definition of what a slow burn should be because this Mm. movie in terms of action and spectacle is is a slow burn in terms of intrigue and kind of getting you gripped it's not like i'm i'm in for minute one and on on rewatch like i was in for minute one and um 
was was just never bored and like by the time i got to the point that i was in like the final like i knew i was in the final stages of the movie i was surprised because i honestly felt like i was only half an hour in and i think like that just shows how good that movie is mm. So, yeah, yeah it's, one, it's, it's one of those movies that like uh, Midsummer and like Us, where it's like you can't say enough good things that aren't worthy of it. You know, like it's mm. on the front of the Blu-ray, it says a horror masterpiece. And that's something mm-hmm. that like in some cases gets thrown around maybe a little too liberally these days. But it it absolutely is a masterpiece is how I would definitely definitely. Um, I haven't checked yeah. out any of the other stuff though. The the um <clears throat> the features on it. Well, I, I tell a lie. I looked at the virtual Q and A, and I I didn't really like it. Um, so I turned that off, and I haven't watched any other stuff because I know there is like a crafting of the world and kind that of that sounds like the uh, worst feature. <laughs> the virtual Q and A. Yeah. Well, the reason why I chucked it on was just because um I'd finished the movie quite late, and I just thought, mm. oh, this will be like a little fright fest thing. It'll be like five minutes, and it was like twenty five minutes. And I watched it for like five minutes. Like, nah, I'm good. Um, but but yeah, I definitely want to try and check those out to see. But the movie alone is is worth the purchase. Oh yeah, hundred percent for sure. Um, but yeah, that's it for another week. Like, it's it's weird with 2021, obviously, because we've covered, I believe, like seven movies now for the show, mm. and obviously a lot about TV. And like, th- this year has definitely been better than I expected going into. It. Yeah, we've seen some I've good seen... stuff. Yeah, like, r- r- like you know, obviously Psycho Gorman, Possessor, Synchronic, Willy's Wonderland, and then with, for me, The Stand and WandaVision. Like, I'm seeing great films on TV way more than I expected. Um, and so I'm kind of getting used to more, like, what this year is now, and it's not those kind of... I don't even want to say it's not the heavy hitters, because then you talk about something like WandaVision. It's just... It's I, like, think, I think the biggest yeah. thing is, is that 2020 broke us all. Yeah, and it, and it broke us on the podcast. I'm pretty sure, you, like, I can't pinpoint it right now, but I'm I'm sure there'd be a week where you could hear that we just got broken, mm. and like, um... it was the week before 200. Because <laughs> <laughs> then we were like, "Thank Christ, we haven't got to cover new movies anymore." <laughs> yeah, probably stream for four weeks and then talk um, about TV shows. But but yeah, and I think kind of, um, you know, now we know what the landscape of things are. That the TV, for some weird reason, is the same, uh, but movies are what they are right now, mm. you know, and, and we've just learned to love those. And, you know, we, we are missing the heavy hitting movies and, you know, it's just been, you know, luckily the TV is as good as it's ever been for us specifically. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I think I think that's why. But, you know, I just hope that these things just keep coming out movie wise more than anything. Oh yeah, for sure. Like we're we're getting towards some releases, especially like um I'm hoping like these Warner stuff's gonna start hitting because you mm. know what, Godzilla and Kong is like pretty soon, like about a month mm. now. So like that's cool because we know that that's like guaranteed to happen. So there's a there's such, like we've spoke about it before, but there's there's such a nice feeling knowing that it isn't just gonna shift release dates like less than a week before it comes out. Um, so yeah that's cool to look forward to um but yeah that was episode 235 where we discussed willie's wonderland uh, thanks for listening as always and we'll see you again very soon see you later everyone and through my veins and travels to my head they said you'll die soon enough anyway shut up i can't believe because i never could how could i start that